This is Tort Talk with Terrence A. Gross, a board-certified personal injury lawyer. Welcome back to Tort Talk. I am Paul Stadden, the host of the show, and by host, I mean person who doesn't know the law and legal matters. But I do know good questions to ask, and fortunately, I have someone in the studio who's really good at answering them. He is the expert. He is the board-certified lawyer. He is Terrence Gross of Gross & Schuster. Welcome back, Terrence. Glad to have you in the studio. Great to be back. Well, great to be talking to you about... Well, we talked last week about the statute of limitations, and this week, we're going to talk about unfair statutes, which... After talking about the statute of limitations, it sounded like there was some stuff in there that was unfair, but I think there are going to be some other statutes you're going to bring up that really are unfair on the face of it. So let's start with an unfair statute. Well, I could talk about this for hours, but I don't think you'll let me do that, and I'm sure you have dinner on getting ready to come I have out. stuff to do. I don't... But we can talk for 10 minutes. Okay, I'll do 10 minutes. It's tough, but... Uh, there's so many I would, I would like to talk about because it goes on and on. A lot of these are the product of uh, tort reform. Most of this tort reform took place in the 1970s. I started practicing law in 1979, and many of these statutes were on the books before I started. Uh, one that comes to mind is workers' comp. I've always hated it. I don't do workers' comp. I don't uh, uh, represent injured workers, so to speak, but... What I don't like about it, let's say that you're a painting contractor and you got these wooden ladders and they're starting to get in bad shape. A rung is broken here, a crack there, something's loose there, and and your employees even complain and you just say, quit your bitching. If you don't like it, go somewhere else. Mm -hmm. So now you got your workers out painting this house and one of the guys is up there pretty high and one of the rungs snaps and he falls to the ground, fractures his, his femur, commutative fracture, uh, plates and screws and, and whatever, misses work and disabled for life because of this negligence. What can that worker do according to the worker sta- uh, comp statute? He can get his bills paid for okay. and get two-thirds of his wages till he can return to work. Nothing for pain and suffering. All the agony, a disability for the rest of his life zero pain and suffering. Even though this guy was negligent. And was just and I've seen case after case and my heart goes out to these workers. And when they did all this, the promise they made to the contractors of the world who were complaining about workers' comp premiums, the insurance company said, if you let us pass this law, we'll do this and this, and your premiums will be less. But I have many, many friends that are contractors, utility contractors, and so forth, and they will tell you that one of their biggest line item expenses is workers' comp. Now, how can that be? The injured worker is getting the shaft, and it appears that the employer is getting the shaft. What gives? The insurance companies are laughing all the way to the bank. So they constantly are messing around uh, with these statutes. Uh, they even passed a statute, the legislature, that limited attorney's fees on workers' comp cases where the workers' comp lawyer did get involved and tried to do something. They limited attorney's fees, and thankfully, the Supreme Court about three, four, five years ago threw that out. So okay. thank goodness found it unconstitutional. Uh, and that was a big win uh, for the injured party. So that's just one example. Uh, on another show, we did briefly mention the sovereign immunity uh, 
statute. That's just another statute that was passed probably in the 1970s that limits the liability of sovereigns. So even today, if a sheriff's deputy rear-ends you and you end up with multiple surgeries, can't work, there's only a $200,000 cap on damages. The jury says $500,000. All they have to pay is $200,000. It is a cap. And because they have a cap and they know they're invincible, they're not scared of of excess verdicts. So even if a case is obviously worth 200000 they will lowball you and dare you to take them to court. They also limit attorney's fees, which means it makes it harder to maybe get a good lawyer to file suit because normally in, in most instances, most attorneys are regulated on attorney's fees. It's one-third if you settle, 40% if you sue, but on sovereign immunity, it's 25% come hell or high water. So that means you could represent somebody for f- four years, go to court and get, you know, 25% and it's a cap. So maybe $50,000, which may sound like a lot of uh, money, but it could be hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours plus all the cost it takes to get to court. So that's another example of, of an unfair uh, statute. Uh, there, there's, we've talked about the wrongful death act. There's so many parts of the wrongful death act. I don't like, we mentioned in a prior show where they define a minor, uh, is under 25. So a, a, a wonderful daughter at 26 gets nothing for pain and suffering and a not so wonderful son at 24 could get something for pain and suffering. Mm. I hate these, you know, just, you know, ironclad limitations that exist and they take away the discretion uh, from judges. So these are just some uh, initial uh, examples, and I could just go on and on and and, and on. Um, there, the seatbelt law, I'm, I'm not really fond about that. I think you should wear a seatbelt, but people don't understand with the current seatbelt law what can happen, and I'll give you a good example. Uh, there was a lady in Milton in the 1990s that was, I think, pulling off the interstate to get into the emergency lane for some reason. I don't know why. An 18-wheeler rear-ended her at a high rate of speed. She was thrown through the windshield face first. She had horrible scarring to her face, numerous plastic uh, surgeries. It goes to trial. The jury gave her $1.1 million, which I thought was a very reasonable fair verdict, not a runaway verdict, right, a very right. reasonable, but they felt that 90% of her injuries came from not wearing a seatbelt because if you're wearing a seatbelt, you shouldn't go into the windshield. Well, the jury didn't know this, but after they left and they probably, their hearts went out to this poor lady, they gave her 1.1, but they found that 90%, the judge was forced to follow the law and the law says, now you take away 90% of the jury verdict. Oh, so he took away 90%, which left her with maybe a little over 100000 which is probably just her medical bills. Right. Uh, so she probably got nothing on the case. Oh, my uh, gosh. And again, so I, I do believe you should wear a seatbelt, but should it be, I think the, the I think the negligence of the defendant should supersede the, the amount of negligence for the seatbelt. Yes, you should wear it, especially in this day and age. But the fact that he rear-ended her and put her through the windshield should should mean something more than just 10%. So that's just me thinking, just another example. 
of the laws uh, that are out there that, that kind of limit uh, medical malpractice. They passed a medical malpractice law about 10 years ago, maybe 15. I lose track of time. I've been out 43 years, so uh, there's a blur in time. But they put a cap on damages on medical malpractice of 500000 And right after that happened, there was two cases that came out of, uh, I think, around Gainesville. It could have been Shands Hospital, but two cases came out back to back. Here's one of them. A guy is diagnosed with a cancerous leg. Mm. And they say, mm. sir, to save your life, there's only one way to save your life. We have to amputate your leg. And he made the tough decision. Go ahead. I want to live. Amputate my leg. Well, you know what happened. You know where I'm going with this, Paul, don't you? I know exactly where you He woke up this. the next morning and they... Taken off the wrong wrong leg. leg. You got it, Paul. So they took off the wrong leg. They still had to go back in and take off the cancerous leg. So instead of being a single amputee where maybe you can get around with some prosthesis, now you are a double amputee. And uh, here's 500,000. Have a nice day. Yeah. I mean, so I hate these caps are arbitrary and and capricious. Meanwhile, about that same time, uh, a mother was giving birth to a normal, healthy baby. And as you know, the doctor gets the baby out of the womb and whatever, except one thing happened. This is sad. He dropped the baby on the head. It slipped through his hands. Brain damage for life lived. And now you've got a brain damaged child never doing T-ball, never doing all the things that you wish what every young parent wants of their children going to have a severely disabled child for the rest of your life. 500,000, have a nice day. Well, those cases were instrumental because it eventually got to the Supreme Court. And once again, our Supreme Court came to bat for the citizens of the state of Florida, and they threw it out as being unconstitutional. Uh, Thank goodness. Uh, But that cap was in existence for quite some time, uh, but it's been rectified by the Supreme Court. Uh, which is uh, uh, fantastic uh, for the citizens of the state of Florida. Well, so then what can I, a citizen of Florida, what can, what can the citizens of Florida do to get these unfair things changed? Like, it sounds like it's all up to the Supreme Court. Am I powerless? You know, you probably really are, Paul. Because, oh, thank you. Oh, good. <laughs> well, but I am too. Um, I mean, the the insurance lobby can never be underestimated. It's the most powerful lobby there is in the state of Florida. And actually, when big cases or big statutes are coming in, not only do they get money from Florida insurers, but nationwide. Mm -hmm. So if you don't think State Farm nationwide wants to help fund it and Geico and Allstate, they all have an interest and the money is off the chain. I'll never forget this, Paul. When I went to Florida State University for law school. That's the capital. Mm-hmm. And I remember my first March, it was like a carnival. They all come here, all the legislators, but all the lobbyists. Mm-hmm. And you could not get a dinner reservation anywhere because they're all taken up and they're schmoozing and drinking wine and, and whatever. And it just let that image on me. I, I really got to understand what lobbying meant. So how can you and I lobby? I mean, right. so there is a lawyer organization that represents our interest. Yes, you can vote, but you never really know who's voting for what. You, you really don't know. So I wish there was a magic answer where I could say, do this, but you're just learning this stuff as we go. And so is the public that's listening to this. So I, 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 all we can do is maybe 
pray for the best and hope that our legislators are looking out after us and, of course, the members of the Supreme Court. Mm, Fair enough. Well, on that (laughs) note, then, uh, if people do need to get a hold of you, Terrence, um, maybe something unfair happened to them that you can take care of, uh, that you're not going to have to worry about one of these terribly unfair caps, how do they get a hold of you? Well, it's very easy. Uh, 850-434-3333. We have five offices throughout the Panhandle in Pensacola, Milton, Crestview, Fort Walton, and Navarre. The best place to really find us would be on our website. It's informational. Uh, We have topics of wrongful death and all these other things that we've talked about, the sovereign immunity statute. It's on our our website at grossenschuster.com. Fantastic. And just remember, folks, you listening, you can share these episodes with people. Maybe there's somebody that needs to know about one of the things we've talked about. I mean, there are a lot of episodes so far. So go back, take a listen, look for ones that have to do with something that really matters to you, and maybe you can make a difference. Thank you so much, Terrence. See you next time. Thank you, Paul. Mm